Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. I am truly honored that today's guest came to me with her story. She actually DM'd me a voice note and explained her story a little bit about how she is intersex. Now, this is something that I don't know a lot about. I've learned a little bit about it. I know the percentage of children born intersex, babies born intersex. I haven't really ever met anybody who has shared their experience of going through the journey of either knowing that they were intersex or finding that out along the way, which I've learned through some TikToks. Other people have those experiences. I don't know anything more than what she has told me. So today we're going to sit down, we're going to have the conversation and not because we're all going to take away something incredibly insightful and learn, but more so, or sorry, not because we are looking to sort of find a way to improve our own lives, but to have an understanding of what so many people in the world actually experience and what that might be like, how that relates yourself to your body. We're going to have conversations that is much more taking away something that we maybe have never had the opportunity to learn or know before. And I'm really, really excited to share in that experience with you today. So yeah, I'm very excited to introduce Katrina out of my DM straight to the podcast as it goes sometimes. I mean, it's really fun when we have these big names and these big celebrities on the podcast, but it's also almost even more special when we get somebody who has such an extraordinary story to come on and share that too. I'm just grateful for this space. I think I'm a little bit in my feelings about how grateful I am for this podcast. So let's get into today's guest. Please meet Katrina. Katrina, welcome to the show. I have to ask you, why the heck were you, what what made you decide to DM me and tell me your, a little bit of your story and to open yourself up to the willingness to share this in such a public way? So my journey began around 2020. I started considering my life and mm-hmm. where it was heading and I wasn't living authentically in line with 
who I was. And a lot of that stemmed from shame and repression from mm-hmm. childhood. Mm-hmm. And honestly, genuinely watching your story, I fo- started following you after I saw you on Oxygen Magazine. Oh, no way. That was a long time <laughs> I ago. Been, I, yeah. I had been an avid subscriber and I always admired the women on the cover of Oxygen Magazine. Mm-hmm. My ex at the time wouldn't, his idea of fitness and competing was very shameful. Mm-hmm. And so I never pursued that, but deep down, it was always a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. And so I was very inspired by you and your journey. And slowly after watching you transition from weight loss journey to self-empowerment and Mm -hmm. learning to embrace all sides of who you are, it got me thinking. It got me questioning my own beliefs, my own thoughts. And yeah, it's been such a journey of realizing that there's no specific gender that determines who you are as far as genitalia is concerned. Mm -hmm. So- Did you know that you were intersex from birth or is it something that you discovered? Okay. So I was 16 years old heading on into the Guelph health sex clinic mm-hmm. as a good Capricorn teenager does. <laughs> they were interested in having sex, right? Yeah. <laughs> Being the responsible teenager. And I went with my friend and in the nineties, when you laid down on those medical beds, Mm-hmm. On the ceiling, they always had these ridiculous jokes. Oh my gosh, they still do. No, they still do. do. They? I was oh my. at my gynecologist when I got an IUD a few years ago, and there was a joke on the ceiling, and I thought that's hilarious. But yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's a trend, a, a okay. long, a long-standing trend since the nineties. Yeah. So I was staring at this joke while having my first internal exam, mm-hmm. and the lady who was doing the internal said, hmm, that's weird. And I watched Oprah and that's all I had reference to. And at the time it was called hermaphrodite. So and vagina. And that was like new at the time. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's me. Yeah. Where was it? I didn't see it. Yeah. So she said, we're going to have to send you for an ultrasound and left it at that. It was very quiet. Okay. Yeah. How did you feel in that moment? Like, did you, and do they know, they no longer use the word hermaphrodite, right? It is, it is truly just intersex now. It is. Yeah. And it's almost been, yeah, it's not acceptable to say that anymore. Did she explain to you what she had found? Absolutely not. It was so, it was hush. Nothing said, just, oh, that's weird. And we're going to have to check that out. And so what happened from there? So two weeks later, I had the ultrasound. And the entire time, I had no idea what was going on. I just knew that all of a sudden, my body is different than everyone else's. Mm -hmm. In some way. And so it was just very much like I was in awe of like, what is going on? (laughs) Right. And and can I have children? And I had so many questions and I had no one to talk to. Right. Yeah. 
So we had the ultrasound two weeks later and she did the whole exam. And then halfway through the exam, she went into the back room. Everything was very quiet because they don't say anything during ultrasounds. Right. But the actual doctor who I've never, ever seen again, I didn't know they were really back there, but there was this doctor who exi- who looks at the ultrasounds in the back, came into my room, opened an encyclopedia page and pointed to my condition, which is didelphus uterus, uterus didelphi, and said, 0.5% of the population of the world has what you have and you'll never have children. Oh, wow. And then he walked away. <laughs> Just like that. No mental health care, no supplementary support. You're 16 and you just found out. So that means dual uterus, right? So I have dual uterus. I have two cervixes and I also have two vaginas. Okay. So it's not always that way, but in my case, it's a complete dual of everything. Wow. And so did they explain to you or give you any support when it came to your fertility was like, what was the most, when you think back on that, because I know other people who have gotten an intersex diagnosis in their teen years. And Mm -hmm. I know that everyone has such a different experience when it comes to what that diagnosis means. If you can remember what it was like at 16, what parts of you, like you said, that was the first time you really realized that my body is different than everybody else's. But did you go through a grieving stage of, I'm no longer going to have kids? Did you go through just questions, anger? What was the process of you sort of like in that discovery and and afterwards? So finding out was a complete shock. I had been doing a project on babies. I was Mm -hmm. very much wanting children. Mm -hmm. So this diagnosis was very traumatic. Mm -hmm. I come from a German background. (laughs) Okay. So we're taught really well how to repress emotions. Mm. And I'm only uncovering that now. Yeah. Yeah. Deep that stems. So at the time, instead of actually grieving at all, I completely repressed it and said, I don't want to have children. Mm. It solved everything. Yeah. Protected you a little. Right. It was into a shell at that point in my life. And instead of, I never heard the word intersex until this Mm -hmm. June. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And at the time of my ultrasound, they had to check to make sure I had two kidneys because it's common to be missing one. Okay. I went back to my OBGYN, which God bless him. He was a saint and really advocated for my care to the best of his ability mm-hmm. with what he's seen. As far as support in any sort of mental health scope, there was absolutely none. Wow. And it was more of, I was a project or a science experiment mm-hmm. and every precaution was taken and that I'm grateful for, but every ultrasound was an experiment. And yeah. every time there was a student she would be asked to come in if that would be okay with me. And who would I be not to allow her? This may be the only experience she'll ever see that in her life, right? Yeah, so yeah. Opened my heart to that. But I felt a lot of shame behind closed doors. And I really feel like that was where I lost myself.
So I have this amazing friend and she came up with this incredible idea for a small business. And I remember when she was going through all the designs and how it was going to happen, I'm like, how are you going to sell it? And she's like, oh, I'm just going to create a Shopify page. So I'm just going to focus on creating a really cool product. And then I'm going to use Shopify to sell it. She has grown that business to be profitable within the first year, which is really incredible. But Shopify is the commerce platform that's revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. And this is whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready. Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling satin sheets from Shopify's in-person POS system or offering organic olive oil on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you're covered. And once you've reached your audience, whether you're using social media or in real life, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's in Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 170 countries. Many of those are my friends and small shops and big businesses that I know and love. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. You're not doing this alone. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash papaya, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash papaya to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash papaya. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Yeah, I can imagine, especially, I mean, this is where I understand social media can be so damaging, but also it can be such a community builder. And I need people who are listening to think about this for a second. Think about everybody you've ever met with red hair. And that's about 2% of the population of the world are people with red hair. When it comes to those who are intersex, that makes up 1.7% of the entire world. So about the same, slightly less than the amount of people you know with red hair are in some way or another intersex. And that community is very privately dealing. But now with social media, we're seeing more and more people come forward, sharing their story, sharing the discovery of it, whether it was from birth. I know some who are intersex decisions are made from their, for them and their bodies at birth. There has been, there's a lot of complexities to this entire thing. And I'd like to know from you, Katrina, did you find community online? Did you find community anywhere along the way? And was that helpful to you? I found nothing. Nothing. Have you ever found community in this? Never until now. I lived in a lot of shame. Mm -hmm. I had in my, my mom's way of dealing with it was, you're more woman than any woman. You should be proud. 
So like your double woman somehow. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Which, yes, I guess I was gifted with two periods simultaneously every month. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. Right. And so I had two uteruses contracting every month and, oh. and could never wear a tampon and didn't know why. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't until I was diagnosed that I understood. I asked my friends, I said, I put a tampon in and I still bleed. And I'm still bleeding. Oh bleed. my goodness. To you And they said, no, do you have it in right? So there's just so much that made sense in hindsight. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and how still did it- to this day, actually. And- you mentioned that you, you know, were in a relationship before. I'm sure you've been in several relationships. How did you broach that subject and come into understanding when it was such a body shame for you? And it's also what creates a lot of intimacy in relationships. Like how, what was your, if you're comfortable sharing, of course, yeah. how did you bridge that when you were, you didn't even have anybody to talk to about it, didn't have anybody to understand and sort of guide you through navigating life as somebody who is intersex, how did you broach that subject in relationships? So I met somebody three months after my diagnosis. Okay. And I had no self-esteem. So this person didn't want to have children and showed me attention. And in that time in my life, I believed that any attention given to me was love. Yes. And that I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to lose myself in that. So instead of being myself, I became whatever he wanted me to be. Yeah. For that love in some way, thinking that I was too broken to be loved by somebody who would accept me for who I am. Mm hmm. And in the 90s, this was a totally different era. And for me not being able to have children, I all of a sudden realized that which man would accept that. Right. Yeah, I can understand. I think anybody who's ever struggled with self-esteem knows what it's like to get into relationships with people when you feel like you sh- you only have the choice to be grateful. I actually have an old journal of from my own, and this mm-hmm. is without the complexities of, you know, a new medical diagnosis. And I had written something about, I sh- you know, I can't believe he even likes me. I just have to, you know, be whatever they need. So th- because I just, I have to be great. I have to be grateful that they're even looking at me or giving me this attention. I think that for you, that just became completely layered on top of that because you're holding around, you're holding like this big part of you that to share repeatedly over and over with multiple partners is a lot to bear as well. Yeah. So it was, it was hard. And I, I guess I just accepted that that was who I was and that was my life. Mm-hmm. And by some miracle, I ended up pregnant. Oh, wow. Wait, yeah. I didn't know that part of the story. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up getting pregnant in 2006. Okay. Oh, sorry. Let's back the train up for a minute. I ended right. up pregnant in 99. <laughs> in 99. Yeah. And at that time, after eight weeks, I miscarried. Okay. So you were like, this is what they told me. I was never going to be able to carry. Absolutely. Just confirmed the story. And yeah. yeah. 
And so then to 2006, you get pregnant and yeah. same did partner. you, so same I was partner. with the same person for 21 years. Right. And so wow. how did, how did you navigate? Did you even check into the pregnancy? I have to ask that because I know that as somebody who's gone through prenatal depression, it's a complex feeling when you feel sort of terrified of what could happen. Like, did you even feel like you had it? Was there any confirming moment that a doctor told you actually this baby is viable and your former diagnosis while real wasn't actually also infertility? Was there a moment that you knew that or did you sort of carry the pregnancy feeling like there was going to be loss? I carried it feeling like at any moment I was going to lose the baby because I was told even if I did carry a child that I would have a smaller uterus and there may not be enough room to carry a child to term. Right. And there's no answer as to when that moment would come. And so how did that pregnancy and birth go? In 2007. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had her in 2007 and I, so, okay. When I was pregnant, I, it was a surprise. And I was planning my wedding. Right. And so I was so naive. I thought, okay, that's okay. We still had the wedding planned for a month after she'd be born. Mm -hmm. No big deal. We'd have the wedding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And four months in, I had to have an emergency surgery because my uterus or my cervix started opening. So it was short. Mm -hmm. So I was put on partial bed rest from 16 weeks on. Okay. After the surgery, the surgery went well. And then I just was so terrified of my body during that pregnancy. I didn't, I was, it was unhinged. There was no, no knowing or comfort after three months, like most women have. Mm Mm-hmm. It was just all a wing and a prayer. Can I ask you, how did you discover you were pregnant at all, given the fact that you would still have a period? And did you have a period throughout the entire pregnancy? So no. Interesting. So your body did respond as if it were pregnant in both. It wasn't like you could technically... Because I I remember you mentioned Oprah, but now I'm recalling something. There was a story at some point that I remember, maybe it was even on a different talk show where a woman had two uteruses and she got pregnant twice. So this was not your case. Your body did did respond knowing that it was pregnant and it across both uteruses. Yes. And I often wonder if I could have gotten pregnant out of both uteruses. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But I don't think so because I just learned this year that my hormones produce enough. So the egg is released out of one ovary connected to one uterus. Yes. So essentially every other month I'm ovulating in one uterus. You said you're didelpho. Is is that the term? Okay. So I brought up and I encourage if anybody's listening to Google what it actually looks like. So it's very fascinating. It really yeah. is as if it's divided in two, two vaginas, two openings into two uteruses. Everything looks normally shaped in terms of that same 
uterus shape, except for it's more of a V. And then there's the singular ovary on it each side. It's truly a miracle that you did get pregnant and carry. Yes. Yes. I I have to agree. And so the pregnancy progressed and I took it really easy and was at the doctors many, many times because of my fear. And I had really great care. Guelph is an amazing place to live. And they really took care of me there at the hospital. And then a week before I was 40 weeks term, the doctor said, you haven't dropped. You either have a choice of being induced or C-section. So I said, give me a C-section. I know that it's not going to end well. And then it it could be an emergency C-section and my partner couldn't be in the room with me and I didn't want that chance to happen. So it's a good thing. I was told that my second uterus was lodged in my pelvis. (gasps) So you would never have been able to deliver. Wow. Good instincts there. You really... Yeah. You really knew. And it, but also that's a different surgery than they would normally, or was it a, even though you had the double uteruses because the one expanded more, were they able to just do a classic C-section or was it more complex due to your condition? Nope. Exactly the same classic C-section and recovery was fine. I was happy to be a mom. Mm-hmm. It was such a gift and I didn't breastfeed her. I, it, unfortunately, it didn't work and I didn't yeah. have the nurse's support in that way. And I just let it go. Yeah. And that's okay. But it was such a gift to have that experience. And then in 2011, I found out I was pregnant again. Wow. This all must be so, I mean, most people believe or choose that they're going to have children or think about having children way before you were sort of robbed of even the wish of that. And so what I find so amazing is that you almost got introduced to motherhood and the idea of motherhood for you at the same time, which is... I mean, so fascinating. Did you expect, did you feel like with the one that you were like, this, this was it? Or did you know from that point, now I know I can get pregnant. This is actually something that I would do again. Or was it still another surprise? Like, did they sort of treat it like this miracle happenstance that you got pregnant the first time and carried to term? Or was it a more, I guess, technically, sorry, the second time. And by the third, were you sort of a little bit more eased into the idea or did it still feel like a shock? So the third pregnancy was my best pregnancy ever. Good. I had the confidence from my yeah. first. Yes. I, I believed I could carry another baby to term. Yeah. And even though it wasn't planned, it's funny. It was right before I found out, like literally days, I said to my then husband, I really want to have another baby. And it was five years. My daughter was five years old already. And I don't know where it came from, but obviously I just was aligned to it. And the pregnancy was incredible. I didn't have to go on a a medical bed rest. And at 20, I believe it was 28 weeks. This was with both pregnancies. They did do steroid injections in each of my hips to make sure that the lungs would develop. Okay. And then at 38 weeks, we had a 
a planned C-section for her and she was perfect. So I have two beautiful girls and yeah. That's so amazing. I'm so excited for Weston to be a sponsor of this podcast because they have so many incredible things that I didn't even know about. And now I get to share them with you. Weston has over 200 destinations around the world and help make it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling. With signature offerings that help you move, eat, and sleep well, Weston Hotels make travel an opportunity to enhance your well-being or keep up on whatever routines that you want to keep up on. At Weston, you can work out the way you want. There's a variety of fitness options to keep your wellness routine going while you're away. Maintain your focus in Weston Workout Fitness Studios equipped with state-of-the-art equipment or get moving on a group run led by Weston's Run Concierge, a running guide and buddy who makes it easy for you to explore the local areas. Wherever you are, you can run like a local. Weston's three and five mile scenic running maps make it easy to find your best route to explore on foot. Or you can do your own thing, which is my sort of personal preference. In your guest room with workout and recovery gear that's available on demand through Weston's gear lending program. You customize your workout while on the go with Hyperice and Bala products to borrow during your stay. And if you're like me and have different nutritional needs, their Weston chefs have crafted dishes with your well-being in mind. Choose what's right for you based on your nutritional balance and make it easy to nourish your health no matter the destination. And of course, we have to talk about sleep. Recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed. Wind down naturally with Sleep Well Lavender Balm, which eases tensions and soothes the senses. At Weston Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well, so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next stay at Weston. Honestly, that's like really, truly incredible. And I think I would hope as more people like you come forward in their stories of intersex is that, and and just so everybody knows, the definition of intersex is people who have genitals, chromosomes, or reproductive organs that don't fit into a male or female sex binary. Their genitals might not match their reproductive organs, or they may have traits of both. So this is why you hear stories where sometimes they have both. Maybe they have a chromosomal difference. Being intersex may be evident at birth, childhood, later in adulthood, or never. So the fact that you're sharing this story and one that had little to no support along the entire way. And now you're opening yourself to share about it. What makes me so happy about this is that I know that there is going to be people listening who also are intersex. Statistically, we know this to be true. Yes, And I love that a lot of the shame and the stigma that comes along with it now can also be attached to a story of hope, which I think is what you're providing do you have online communities that you found that have been good for talking about these things that you've ever come across? So I'm just recently, mm-hmm. oh, no worries. I just recently started looking into it. As I said, I just mm-hmm. learned that I, co- I am under this umbrella called intersex. I'm fascinated that it's been there this whole time and I never knew that it was available or this was a resource. So I want to start bringing more awareness to other people that 
the resource I found is called Interact. It is a nonprofit that advocates for youth and just to bring more awareness to people so they know from my mm -hmm. viewpoint, I felt like I was always told I was a woman, that I'm just a woman. And, and although we all do really want to feel like a part of something and yeah. be a part of something, it's right. just not authentic because I'm not just a woman. There's differences. And why, why yeah. do we have to be quiet about that? I think it also comes into the fact that we were raised with these binary ideas. And and I think even the word binary, I had to even learn what that was in yeah. the last few years. And it's interesting that they say that things will be thrown out like there's no mistakes and there's only male and female. But statistically, people are born outside of the binary. So people are created outside of the binary if you believe in creation. So it is it is an important conversation because I believe that people need to understand more and more that this is not just gender dysmorphia. It is not just, you know, it is it is something that's been going on for the history of time. People have been born intersex since you know, I don't even know how long. And it is something that has always been sort of like a conversation, like a freak show. And we see them on like my only experiences are seeing them on talk shows and sort of them being paraded around as being so different. And now I look at those people and I think how amazing it was that they opened themselves out at a time where these conversations were so taboo to have. And now we're in a time where it's so political as well to have conversations around binary and gender. Yet you're here and you are that scientific evidence of being somebody outside yeah. of the box of a traditional female and you are somebody that does is not defined as one or the other you were you were a form of intersex and i think the more that people understand maybe the less fear and confusion there is around yeah. these things and the more that we understand that like i said that statistic 1.7% like that's actually blows my mind every time i think about it and isn't it, that wild it's wild i didn't realize there were so many of us there's so <laughs> so many and because right? there is this one woman i was following i wish i could i remembered her right now actually potentially she identifies non-binary because when she discovered that she was intersex i believe that she actually had the makeup of both the chromosomes and the genitalia of both male and female. And so I remember her sharing their story or sorry, I'm mixing up genders here. This is part of like the flawed experience of learning. I remember their sharing of their story on TikTok. And it right. was so amazing to hear somebody be so open about it because I've never experienced it outside of an episode of whatever that doctor show was where he was like a genius and there was a diagnosis at one point that they had to make on somebody they assumed was female and was actually intersex and had testicular cancer. I don't remember what show it was. It was like doctor something. But I mean, this is what I mean. We, we have never had real references to real people outside of these displays or these stories or these perceptions. So I think it's the more time that goes on and honestly even just you using your voice and your story to be like I'm part of the 1.7% and I know that like probably 99% of that 1.7% is living quietly with this. Yes. 
and feeling shame around it. And they don't have to like, I've never actually been more embraced or more or felt more accepted since opening up about it. Mm. And they're a little story. My father, after sharing that I was going to be on this podcast and what I was talking about said that he doesn't understand and that mm. he feels like it's attention seeking. So just to yeah. give you reference from yeah. their perspective and my growing, because now yeah. I can recognize that that's their perspective and that doesn't stop yeah. me from continuing to share my story for those who need to hear it. Yeah. Well, and let's be reminded about the fact that anybody who's born within the binary pretty yeah. much gets to have that on display permanently without ever having to make announcements. Anybody who is intersex or trans, there's a lot of announcing that gets done there. And while you could have gone the rest of your life, I mean, I have a friend who is married in a healthy marriage that is heterosexual and she is a, she is herself bi. And I remember when she came out, people challenged her, like, why would you even share this if it doesn't impact your relationship and it doesn't impact anything? And she said, because I have the privilege of being in a relationship that allows me to keep the secret. I don't actually have to tell anybody. I don't feel like that helps the community at all. And it's not a forced hand for anybody to share, but individual voices collectively can make a sound, right? So yeah. I think that it is... I, I don't, th- obviously I don't think it's about attention. I think it's a yeah. lot about representing a category that 16 year old you needed to have exactly. that because you can't fix the system instead, allowing yourself to be a voice for the person that you needed, because yeah. even if there's one person who finds out one day that they have what you have and they're like, oh, I now have a point of reference to understand that I'm not alone. I am not I am different from most people, but I'm not different from all people and that, you know, I have different needs and I will have a different life and I don't need to feel shame for that. I feel like your story has, is full of so much healing. And I know that it must be so wild for you to look all the way back at 16 year old version of yourself who probably just felt her world crumbling down. Yes. Now being into somebody now who is being open and willing to share your story. I think it's incredible because the impact will never be known. And I think that that's a, such a beautiful thing is that you're doing it without knowing what you will get in return. There is almost no guarantee of that at all, no. except for people learning alongside this story. But ultimately, it's going to be a very silent impact, but it's, it's going just- to be there. And I think that's really cool. Thank you. I hope so. I I just hope that mm. others understand that they don't have to fit into a box yeah. and that they're accepted for exactly who they are. And they doesn't have to be silent. We should all be sharing our unique aspects because that's what makes us different. Yeah. And it also is what allows us to get the support we need along the way or to just unload that shame and that weight that you've been carrying as you've shared your story with other people and as you've let people know your experience and the fact that you're intersex. Have you been at all surprised by the response of it or has it sort of been, did you like in the sense that did it, did you realize that it wasn't as huge a thing as you carried around or did you realize that it was as huge as a thing as you carried around? I carried a heavy weight with it, a much heavier weight than I needed to. And after sharing with others, 
it allowed me to see that yeah they were interested to know more that it wasn't to hold back from talking about because they've never experienced something like that so in my sharing mm-hmm. it allowed mm-hmm. them to feel yeah. open to share with me too right so yeah it's been an incredible process of sharing my story with others and and honestly it's platforms like yours that allowed me to have the courage to speak up I think we all have something about ourselves that feels like it's the worst thing that we could ever possibly show or tell somebody and I remember and I've shared this many times before this quote, and I wish I, it's driving me nuts that I don't know who said it, but once a secret is told, it loses its power. And for me, mine was as simple as stretch marks. The fact that I had them, the fact that I'd never saw them, I didn't know anybody else who had them. And when I shared them, it was the scariest, one of the scariest moments of my life. And I'm somebody who got married at 19 and had three kids before 25. You would have thought that there were scarier things you could do with your life. But that moment was huge defining for me because It was less about what it was that I was sharing. And it was the fact that I finally was. It was the fact that I, I, it took a moment to be like, you don't actually have to carry this forever. You don't actually have to be ashamed. You don't actually, maybe this, there's other people who have this too. And I remember feeling the, as terrified as I was in sharing, all I got out of that was the release from my own shame. It was, yes, the trickle effect and the ripple effect and the one that you may or may not see or experience yourself with this, that it does create impact for other people. But first and foremost, the impact is that it's also alleviating this pressure and this secret and this shame that you carry. And now is like the secret has been told and now it has no power over me. And I think that that is such a huge thing for anybody who has dealt with Shame within their body, shame with the diagnosis, shame with the anything being intersex. Otherwise, whatever those things are, I think that there's a lot to be said for those who choose to share for the greater good and for their own release of shame. And I think that that's what's so inspiring about your story. I'm so grateful to you that you've also shared. You said it was Interact is the nonprofit that is the website you recommend. Yes. Yeah. So I am actually, I have a candle business and 2% of all of my sales will be going towards this charity and organization. Oh my gosh. It's a way for me to start sharing my story through the light of a candle. Oh, I'm going to cry. Thank you. Thank you for using your voice. Thank you for being here. Thank you for allowing us to find ways to support you and other people who are quietly or loudly in the same community and for all of us to just show up and support each other, recognizing that we don't all have to be the same and that being different is actually a very beautiful thing. Katrina, thank you so much. Please tell everyone where they can find you and where they can buy a candle and invest in you as well. Thank you. You can find me at Innocence, I-N-N-A-S-C-E-N-T-S. That is my candle Instagram page. And also at eco.refillery, R-E-F-I-L-L-A-R-Y. That is where I post about my refillery shop and all 
<laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I'm really excited for people to listen to this episode because I think a lot like me who have really only come to a greater understanding of intersex and even still today, fumbled through some questions yeah. and fumbled through some understandings, but here we are and I'm we get the opportunity learning. to share, like, right? We all are. So much. Yeah. There's and, so much to learn. Yeah. And it's unraveling yeah. like every day, mm-hmm. just the mm-hmm. trauma as well. It's just incredible. Yeah. So thank you for allowing me to share on your platform. I'm very grateful yeah. to you. Honestly, thank you for that DM. I honestly am glad I listened to it and I'm glad that I remember just being like, wow, this is, I mean, part of me was like, what an opportunity to talk to somebody about something that I've never been able to talk to somebody about before, but also what an opportunity to reach that 1.7% that I hope is in our listenership, that I get an opportunity to hear another story like yours. I'm so grateful for you. And for everyone listening, we're going to have all those details in the show notes for you as well. Go and follow Katrina, follow her shop pages, maybe invest in a candle, check out Interact, even if you if you need support or know somebody who does. And let's all go away and learn a little bit more. We learned a little bit today and we are going to continue on that path best that we can. And yeah, thank you so much. And we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the Papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.